What happens when you take Facebook arguments between friends who don't agree and have them face to face? I'm Xanthi. And I'm Andrew. And this is We've, We've Got, Got Issues. Issues. Hello and welcome back to Zeta A, We've Got Issues, episode 15. Yeah. I'm like Andrew. Nice, nice round number. I'm Xanthi. And uh, we're glad to be back. It's been a little bit of a, of a hiatus. Yeah. And we were remote last week, or last two weeks, but now we're back in the same room. Face to face. With all the energy and verb and vim and vigor that you've been accustomed to <laughs> as our audience. Exactly. And so... Um, what we do here, usually first, uh, the, the part we the lead, if you will, is usually we do play this game called Not My Tribe. And sometimes we time to do uh, uh, opposing answers, but the idea is really to take uh, questions from uh, one uh, wing of the political spectrum yes. and yes. see if the other person's following them. And since I'm on the right wing of the political spectrum, at least for this show, uh, I will start. Uh, so... Here's question one, Xanthi. All right, I'm ready. Uh, according to reports, the FBI didn't tap Michael Cohen's phone. They did what? Huh. I thought I'd been following this story pretty closely, but um, I don't know. Other than the raid on his hotel room and office and home, I don't know. It's a bit of a misleading question because they essentially did tap his phone, but they said they didn't because I guess that they didn't want to. The wiretap is a thing. Oh. They, they monitored his really? phone. Really? Okay, yeah. so we're talking about like the fine distinction between The fine of distinction law between tapping and monitoring. And I think that made a bunch of people, I think, on the right. And it's a good question, really, as to what, how people are feeling about the FBI right now. But I think on all sides of, mm. of the political spectrum, people are getting very. Um, there's a great article that just came out in, I think it was Time Magazine, maybe it was Atlantic, but it about really the FBI being in trouble and that not only is Trump attacking it from all sides, but they're kind of losing the right, they're kind of losing the left. It's unbelievable to me. It's actually unbelievable. I think I mentioned last time that I was going to see James Comey right after we um, spoke. And honestly, like even if you didn't see James Comey in person, you almost certainly, if you're the kind of person who follows this stuff, heard yeah. him in one of his millions of millions of book interviews, although that's now like a week later that's faded from the front pages. Um, but it was amazing to me because he actually really was what we talked about, which was this very trustworthy seeming Rigid. guy, you yeah. know, like very, and, and there were so Stalwart. many questions when David Remenick asked him, which is the interview that I saw, where he just said, I'm not gonna answer that. I'm not gonna answer that. I'm not gonna answer that. And it just seemed that, that you know, it's extraordinary to me that these are the people right now who are under fire. And he was very, um, very defensive, obviously, of the FBI and talked about it as an institution that he loves, that has wonderful, upright, moral people in it. And David Remnick definitely called him on that, which was interesting because he's like, you know, he, he said to him, well, you know, the FBI hasn't always had the best reputation right. and has done some pretty terrible things. Right. And while Comey owned up to that, he made a pretty strong case or strong claim that ever since Watergate, um, you know, we can trust the FBI right. because they made all kinds of um, changes. I think it's so <laughs> I think it's really interesting that. Um, you know, I think it's strange bedfellows in a way, which is that I think it's interesting as yourself sort of as a Brooklyn liberal that you're feeling like, oh, the FBI is kind of our... Yeah, that's because, because, you know, the right wing generally is the law enforcement party, right? They're the ones who support their cops. They're the ones, you know, who... So they claim, yes. So they, right. And, but the idea that the Federal Bureau of Investigation is a different kind of law enforcement, like these are the, 
you know, I guess more intellectual, more mm-hmm. types of law enforcement. But um, well, the best explanation is one that I heard Michael Hayden give on NPR this week, where he basically yeah. said, if you look at all the institutions that Trump and the Trump administration attack, they are all evidence-based institutions. We have law enforcement, we huh. have journalism, we have science. Well, not law enforcement. We but have, I think- um, uh, what were the other ones he said? Um, anyway, he gave a comprehensive list of about five different institutions um, that Trump attacks consistently, and they're all institutions that, at least at their best, are trying to use facts and evidence to make a case. Um, and, and this is definitely an administration that doesn't like that, um, well, when the facts cut against them. Well, I, I think, uh, so we'll move to the next question, which you didn't get this one right, but I will, <laughs> I will move to the next question, but I think actually when we come back to the Mueller, Mueller yep. uh, conversation. And it's which so later confusing because it looks like Mueller, yeah. but it's actually Mueller. I'm not so good with Mueller. pronouncing names anyway. Yeah, we know that. Um, but <laughs> when, we go, when we go back to that, I mean, I think the key question there is going to be like, is actually that investigation, I think at the back of his mind or the forefront of his mind is like... Is it biased? No. Is this going to be the thing that determines the fate of the FBI? Is, is I think ultimately what's at stake... At the back of Comey's mind? No, Mueller's mind. Oh, Mueller. Okay. Yeah, I think that... All right, we well, let's come back to that. That's okay. a tease for mm-hmm. later in the show. Second question. Uh, this is, a, I think, a, a little bit of a... So coral reefs in Hawaii, uh, I guess, are starting to die for many different for possible reasons. And so Hawaii is banning what in their oceans? Hmm. Um, well, I know that there was a big deal about a... Fair, high-speed ferry between islands. No, actually, I have a friend, ago. Tim Dick, who actually built that. Because okay. <laughs> that was definitely controversial. The fast ferry. They yeah. did not like that. I yeah. don't remember if it actually We should get him on the show and talk about that. I can't believe you know about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is not Tim, if you're listening, bad. I know you're not. But if you are listening. <laughs> uh, what are they banning? That? They are banning scuba divers. No. They're banning <laughs> sunscreen. What? Yeah, no, they're banning, uh, and I guess there are types of sunscreens that are more expensive, that are fancy, that don't have these two chemicals that are supposedly are destroying the coral oh, reefs. No. But they're banning. To me, this sounds like lobbyists. Um, lobbyists man, for whom? For the, the other sunscreen people. Like, uh. say, like, oh, now we can't have this kind <laughs> of sunscreen. I thought you were going to say lobbyists for the I environment, mean, and I was I like, there aren't any anymore. I guess, I guess maybe that this... Do I really think that the amount of sunscreen that comes off of bodies in the ocean is killing the coral reefs? I mean, it seems certainly like a smaller problem than, say, climate change, which is actually what's raising the temperature of the seas and therefore causing all the reefs to die. I think so. Or it just seems to me like, yeah, like maybe if you put a bunch of sunscreen on a coral reef, it kills it. But like the amount of sunscreen... Wait, so here's a question that might divide us in terms of gender, which is, um, have you ever bought sunscreen for your kids? And if so, have you had this like concern about you know the chemical sunscreen versus mineral sunscreen no but i like the spray just because the spray i just i yeah, that's the grouping worst things on that's the worst one for you of course it's the worst for you or the worst it's bad because you can inhale it so mm. when you live in a place like, i like this when you I live like in a place like where i a live a big huff of the huff of the uh, <laughs> exactly like they're like you can't use the spray because it's bad for your lungs yeah. and your kids lungs you can't use the chemical ones because it has nanoparticles that might cause you cancer and you're really only supposed to use these very expensive mineral sunscreens yeah. so i bought that for my kids and i put it on them and they broke out in a rash from head 
head yeah. to toe. I have a, so I have I'm a, not a fan of them. I have a billion idea, billion dollar idea, by the way, if you were for the, which is to have. No, I'm booths. not interested in a billion dollars. No. Okay, <laughs> have booths at the beaches where you just walk in, and then it just does the sunscreen, and then you walk out. Oh, booth. Yeah, you just like you know use your like cell phone. spray tanning, but for but sunscreen. it's real real sunscreen. You just and you pay a dollar or whatever. Right. It is. You heard and it then, here. You heard it here, folks. So if you first. want to fund me here, <laughs> we'll start a Kickstarter. <laughs> Anyway, all right. That's a good idea. It is a good idea, right? Yeah. Um, Except for the lung thing. You'd have to, like, cover your Well, you know, you would put on, like, little goggles or something, and you would just keep keep your nose and mouth closed, and then you would just be in it for 10 seconds, and then you'd be out, and you'd be ready to go to the beach. Such a good idea. Billion dollar idea. I love it. All right, we're going to come up with a name. Okay. (laughs) That's what we need. Okay, so I didn't get that one, but that's understandable. Question three. Uh, This is an easier one. Kanye West said (sighs) slavery was a what? Choice. Slavery was choice. And so, ding, 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 you get that one right. Yeah. It's a one. Um, Which is funny, because I'm not really a Kanye person. I don't think I've ever listened to his music. Yeah. I am definitely not a Kardashians fan or follower. Yeah. Um, But unfortunately, these people seem to be permeating pop culture in a way that even I cannot ignore. They have they have an instinct for the lead, right? They have an instinct of like what can they say that's going to put keep them in the news and keep them relevant, and they they seem to hit it over and over again. Um, What was the thing? Do you know what what he had done just like the week before that he did this? I know that he had worn a MAGA MAGA hat, hat, yeah, and that he tweeted and that he tweeted that he and Trump both had dragon energy, right? He also, in one of Which these two... Which is like two, Tiger Blood. It's like yeah. a different thing. Ugh. In one of these two interviews he gave, he also said that... Um, <laughs> he also said... And this is actually weird because I sort of agreed with him on this which is shocking for me to even say. Yeah. He said, I also liked Hillary. Yeah. He said, I like certain things about Trump. He said, you can't like everything yeah. about someone. You don't need to have to like everything about somebody. Um, and it's weird because I've been thinking a lot along those lines lately right. about these kind of purity tests that politicians right. are being subjected to uh-huh. uh, and thinking that it's really like the wrong direction for us to be going, you know, to be constantly, we've talked about this before, yeah. you know, to be constantly saying like, well, I admire Jeff Flake for standing up for, you know, against what he perceives as the, you know, malfeasances of this administration, but I still can't really like him because he voted for the tax plan. Right. And well, on abortion, like, for example, it has been a big one, right? Which is to right. say that that there probably have been there probably are candidates who could win in certain districts if if, if we didn't have a purity test around right. around, well, around and that choice. might be one that I actually do. But I don't know why. Do stay I, I sort of I don't <laughs> I don't know why that should be. So, for example, if you lived in Alabama, right, and where you're not going to win. In Alabama, if you are pro-choice, well, except then, that I think Roy then Jones, why not run a why not yeah, run a pro-life? That's candidate? not a good example because I'm pretty sure Roy Jones did win and was pro-choice. But I get Fair your point. I get Fair your point. I get okay. your point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but that is funny because then Kanye said that, and I thought, like, damn it! Now I do kind of agree with him. I don't agree with him that you have to like everybody. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, the, the, Which seems to so be the, his there's a couple of funny things about Kanye. One, one is that you know how Kanye got started. Remember, was he was in, in 2004 in Hurricane Katrina. He was like George Bush doesn't care about black people. Remember, right. and that's actually what put him on the national that and stage. the Taylor Swift debacle and everybody right and then that and and so everybody was like oh he's like this great truth, truth teller, teller. and uh, and now. And now he actually, just seems like a full-on crazy person a I lot don't, of the time. I don't think so. I think that he's... Crazy like a fox. Yeah, I think so. I think he's basically figuring out 
and, and you know, he already now is, he said the provocative thing, right? He started out with the provocative thing, slavery is a choice. And then he kind of comes out and saying like, you know, what I really meant was that there was a kind of learned helplessness, you know, and you know, there I'm is rolling, a thing. I'm is, rolling my eyes. There right is now. a thing called learned helplessness, right? But, <laughs> and, but like they were enslaved in their minds because why? And, and so, yeah, like he's clearly the, the wrong. The question is, does he matter, right? Is he important? Why are we talking about him? And I don't know, like it, to me, it just seems like this weird, twisted mashup of politics and culture and, and race, popular culture and race. Yeah. And I just don't know, it's more confusing to me than right. anything else because you think like, is he just trying to sell more records? Is, he, is this all just like a publicity stunt? Does he have anything really profound to say? And I mean, my feeling is no, he doesn't because he's just a, guy you know he might be good at making music he might be good at getting publicity but he's not some kind of philosopher uh right. who we need to who we need to pay attention to um, and yet we are we, we, we will pay attention to him yet we are for as little time as possible <laughs> yeah well I, he also did say by the way that he was completely high on opioids that he was addicted to right when he met, went and met trump at trump tower that yeah. time <laughs> all right seems just about right to me so you're one for three yeah question Four. Okay. And I think this is a, uh, this is a, just do you know what this is? So, you know, in the um, Sarah Huckabee uh, roast at the White House. It was actually, it was really meant to be a Trump roast, but since he didn't show up uh, and sent Sarah yeah. Huckabee Sanders as the sacrificial lamb, it yeah. sort of turned out. I think it's weird that we think that we should have roasts at all. Like, right. But leaving that aside, um, we can talk about that. But. <laughs> So, so the, there were, you know, she made some remarks, Michelle Wolf made some remarks about Sarah Huckabee, and one of them was talking about um, a smoky eye. And <laughs> here's my question to you is, do you know what a smoky eye is? <laughs> I have put in my, my time at Sephora. Yeah. Yes. No, I do. I don't think you do. I think you know one meaning. Oh. So... You, to you me, it's like but, how a right, certain way that you right. apply makeup so, so that you look like you have a dark shadow a, on your eyelid. There's another meaning of a smoky eye. So a smoky eye is like one of those things, like, you ever heard of like a rusty trombone or Dirty Sanchez or no. all these other things? No. Okay. So these are all guy things that like, they, they're like disgusting sex acts. Oh, with no. Like funny, and oh, smoky no. eye is one of them. I do not want to know this. You probably don't. And if you need to, you can go look it up. But um, <laughs> it won't take you long. But the... the uh, but that was what uh, it was. Think a, that's it was, what she was talking about. Of course, because comedians would know about that, and like that's in. So on one hand, that was a trigger for like people who are like in the know. It's like being able to say this thing that on one hand is like really dirty, but you're pulling it off in a way. Wow, that, that I have that, to say. So where did you read that this was a? That this was where did you? That's why this? a lot of the people were like, "Oh, it's so disgusting." It was like completely. What? Like, I thought people were upset because she was implying that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is no, ugly no. by comparing her also to the actress in the. And it's like one of those. Tale. It's one of those things like where you're. Well, they weren't just saying that. Basically, they were saying that she was uh, a lesbian and that she was what? a softball coach and like. Like they were, she was like she was sort of a butch. Like okay, I got the butch part. Right. Although I have daughters who play softball, so I'm always a little like. Well, that is, about that, that is a stereotype, right? Like <laughs> yes. the softball coaches are yes. are gym coaches. teachers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's a, that's a stereotype that was born out in my past experience. Yes. Um, wow, that I did not know. So I, it's it's funny that people didn't really see like why this was 
first of all, that that was a trigger word. That like, there's a word that played in two different ways to two different audiences. Fascinating. And then and the smoky eye thing. Yeah. And then the other thing, I actually thought that that was completely inappropriate. Like. Clearly, she was making fun of the fact that she looked like a softball. I think she coach. was making fun of the fact that she's a big fat liar. That was definitely her she main was, target. She was saying that, and if she, but that's not what the joke was. The joke was about the act. The she funny said part. she burns lies yeah. and uses them yeah. to make the perfect smoky. And so it's, I think it's funny that they don't that people don't get. Oh yeah, that, that that there was some. I'm really on. curious whether a female comedian would have known this other meaning, which I'm sure all of our listeners yeah. are racing to look up right now. Yeah, um, for sure. Huh, fascinating. No, yeah. no I, I knew when I heard like, Smokey Eye, like, oh, like I've heard that before. And like, oh, oh yeah, it's like during Sanchez. disturbing. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know. Did you listen to her whole um, 20 minute I only listened to the part thing? about how to be sitting. But I, I actually think... Um, I thought she was hilarious. Did I, you? I'm just going to go on. I, I just that. think... But I do question the entire premise of that event, which is absurd. And I, I can't. I sort of have a problem with the fact that, like, if this was the if the if the shoes were reversed or the roles were reversed, and <laughs> the shoe was on the if, other foot. If there was, if Sarah Huckabee Sanders was Barack Obama's press secretary, right. and there was, you know, Dennis Miller made those jokes about her, like those jokes would have been completely inappropriate. Well, I mean, I think there was an uproar either way, so yeah. it's not like there wasn't an uproar this yeah. time around. There was I, a I, huge uproar. Yeah. No, I I just think. Uh, but I but I think for people for people who say like hey you know we we can't be making jokes about women's appearance you know and all that that has to go <laughs> yeah because it's not like our um, president has made constant no and right but if you can if denigrating you, comments exa- exactly. about women's appearances exactly so if you condemn him for that you have to condemn it yeah it's funny I actually really did not think she was making a, a negative comment about her appearance. Um, but I, I have a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think I know who we could nominate if this horrible White House Correspondents' Dinner tradition continues. Yeah. I know who should do it next year. Who is that? John Mulaney. Oh, I thought you were going to say us. No. Because <laughs> we're busy. We have too many things to do. Yeah. But John Mulaney would be awesome. And we were just talking about how much we love him. And that he could do like a yeah. pretty... Yeah, I'm sure he's on the short list. Cutting. He's not really political, but yeah. Yeah, well, have you heard his... Oh, you wait to hear his special. But he does this amazing thing. I can't, I can't ruin it. Shall I ruin it for the whole audience? No, don't. Go watch the Netflix special. It's yes. so perfect. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, can I ask you a question about a Michelle Wolf really quickly? Yes. Did you watch her at all? Like, have you seen pictures of her? Yes. So, I, I don't but know. The, Maybe I should not say this, the, but to me, the most surprising thing about Michelle Wolf yeah. was that she is not black. Oh, she's not? No. I assumed she was. So, she definitely has a kind of ethnically what is she, confusing yeah. look. She is a white person. Really? According to her. So she, identi- she identifies... I don't know. I, I I need to do more research into this. But I watched it, and the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I'm so psyched that they picked a black female comedian yeah, that's what I thought she to was do too. this. And then I read a whole piece saying that, in fact, she is often mistaken for African-American, but yeah. she is white. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's fine with me. I- <laughs> That is, that is that is something I did not know. It changes the way that I watched it a little bit. I have to tell you. So I mean, maybe it shouldn't. Do you think that do you think that she gets away with more because she's? Pres- I don't know. It just I don't know. I I, I need to think more Race, about it. Race it's everywhere. Um, the uh, final question Ooh, from the, okay. the right side here of the political spectrum is this: uh, eighteen congressmen, Republican congressmen, submitted uh, Trump's name for what this week? 
Hmm. Well, I would say the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, you'd be right. Okay. <laughs> Which is funny because there was an earlier letter that went yeah. to the Nobel Committee that turned yeah. out to be forged, nominating Trump for yeah. the Nobel Peace Prize a couple months ago. Well, what do you think about that? I think that is the dumbest, stupidest yeah. thing I've ever heard. I think that he he might win some. What do you really think about that? <laughs> he might win some points if this Korea thing actually. Do you give him points? Happens. Um. I mean, I guess here's what I'd like to say. I don't like to think of major world events as a scorekeeping opportunity. So I don't want to say if you, the if we, the if no. Should we hold you to that? Yes. Come on. <laughs> yes. That, Hopefully, of course, in a few years' time, we'll have a Democratic well, president again, and we can. Is a sport. <laughs> I don't think of it that way. So I think, like, if the Korea is actually. Uh, you know, come to some kind of peace agreement, right. come to some kind of nuclear control agreement, which God knows we're all right. hoping for, yeah. except for John Bolton, and we who would the just Ameri like to then probably bomb the part crap of it would be them. pulling the American troops out of Korea. All of that would be fantastic. Yeah. I'm not going to say... Would you say, not give Trump credit for it? I might give him some credit, but I'm not going to give him a peace prize because the way that he came to this was by threatening fire and fury, you know, raining down on them from the sky. So if you get what you get by by threatening military action, no, you do not qualify for a peace prize. In my book. How about you, Andrew? I think it's really, you make a really interesting point as to what a peace prize is, right? Like, is a, do, you, do we think that peace comes from pacifism? Or does, which would make sense, right? It's the root of the word. Or does sometimes peace come from uh, creating a worse alternative? Uh, and and through force and through the display of force, a better so, alternative or a better force. Yeah, sorry. yeah, right. You know, and and um, you know, you think about the people who are the great peacemakers, like Carter, um, and and then you know, you talk about people like Reagan, who gets credit sometimes for mm -hmm. in the Cold War. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reagan did, did not win. Reagan the did not. Prize. I feel like Carter, Carter did, right? I don't like, think for the so. Cape David Accords. I don't and yet, know. like that didn't really solve much. So I mean, here's what I really think, which is yeah. the Nobel Peace Prize is pretty ridiculous because I think. Once they gave it to, oh, here's where you can see that I'm I'm real, which is that I thought when they gave it to Obama, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It completely and then undermined the yeah. entire, yes, and now Aung San Suu Kyi, I mean, you know, maybe this should be an award that should be awarded posthumously so that we actually can say over the course of someone's life, they worked consistently towards peace, right? They gave it to Obama because they were just so happy that he wasn't George Bush. And it was ridiculous. It was a dumb award. I, I love Barack Obama. I think it's a dumb award. I think, um, I think like, if you want to give it to the Mother Teresas of the world, fine. Yeah, although but like, Christopher Hitchens what, hated but her. But she's not really creating <laughs> peace. She's just... Well, charity. she's working towards improving the lot right. of people. Right. Um, so, yeah, look, or Malala or whoever. Like, I, I'm happy with those types of folks getting a Nobel Peace Prize because they're, yeah. they're, they're... Well, Aung San Suu Kyi seemed like a great candidate at the time. But Once you get into people out, who are political so figures, right. I think you get into... Right. Although you never know, Malala could turn into a political figure still. Yeah. She's young. But it's... Uh, speaking of politics um, and the Nobel committee. Uh, did you hear the Nobel Literature Prize is not giving up? I year? did. And that's another award that has started to seem very weird to me ever since yeah. they gave it to Bob Dylan. <laughs> right. Well, they're not giving it out this year. Because of a sexual harassment yeah. scandal. It's, me Too me is too. reaching its tendrils into the Nobel into the Literature Swedish, Prize. Yeah. No, it, it just seems like the place that the Nobel thing is is such now like a... Like a yeah, they need to rebuild. They need to. They need some um, good management consulting to come in there and fix them up. All right. So you scored two out of five. That's not bad for which me. Which really. is not bad at all. <laughs> you did great. 
And uh, let's talk about some of the things we wanted to talk about. Let's talk about the, the Mueller. I'm kidding, say that word. It's like one of these things that Mueller, Bueller, Bueller. That's what it looks like, Bueller. That's why everyone The Mueller investigation. Mueller. So, Just so, forget about the E. So what do you think? Do you think this is, at this point, do you think that this is going, well, what percentage percent do you think of that, like, that this is going to turn into Trump impeachment? 50%. 50 is that high? Well, obviously, really that, depend, that depends on basically on a Democratic sweep of the House and, and Senate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're betting on that. Fifty percent doesn't seem high to me. Um, <laughs> it seems like it might happen and it might not. Yeah. At this point, like I'm just saying, uh, to me, that's saying I am completely flummoxed. Based on what? What do you think that the thing is gonna? It's gonna drive it. Like, there's a lot there, right? Well, so there's a lot of moving parts, right? We have. We need to have politicians in office who would be willing to go forward with an impeachment. Yeah. And I have to tell you that I think even if the Democrats took the House and the Senate, which is a big if, yeah. I'm not sure that they would go forward with an impeachment right. because of many things. Right. Uh, Mike Pence being yeah. one of them. Um, you know, the it would consume the country. Right. And I almost think that they might be better off just containing him politically mm-hmm. for the next the two years. So, so wait a second. So maybe I should ask you this: like, let's say you had a, a House and a Senate, because I, I think the fifty percent okay. number. Let's break that down. Me being the Democratic so had, Party, so, I like that. So, okay. so what do you think the the odds are of them making the House, of winning the House? I mean, we can't predict that. Okay. It seems like it's higher than it has been from what I'm reading. Okay. And so it seems get, like the the chances are going up with the more people that so sixty percent. Seventy percent? Over fifty. Over fifty. Okay. And then, so, and then, what are the odds? Because you, you have to add these odds to each other. So, now, now what are the odds? Oh my do you God, you're making that, me do math. That's well, just so think mean. about it. Just think about it. Now, what are the odds that, that they're also going to win the Senate? About the same, I would. Okay. Say. So now you're talking about twenty-five percent, right? Because you have fifty percent of fifty percent. And now, what are the odds? Do you think that they would want to actually impeach the guy? Yeah, not that high. Not that high. No. So maybe 30%. So now you've got see, 30% the, of 25%. But here's the moving parts uh, issue, which I is think I'm doing right, math right now, I think that, they're, that, that they would be waffling on whether to impeach him or not. Yeah. But that we don't know what the Mueller right. report is going to say. Right. So I think if the Mueller report reveals actual criminal right. acts by the president, at that point, I'm not sure they're going to have a choice, Right. Then they might yeah. have to vote sure. to impeach okay. him. Okay, so so yes, so I think there's this sort of political question: like, would they just impeach him just because they could, right? And I think the odds of that are like ten percent, right? right? You right. know, because they have to win the House, they have to win the Senate, and you know, they have to decide that this is the right thing to do politically. Yeah. All right. So I think that's very low. And then I think the the next question is: Well, what are the odds that this Mueller thing, Mueller, Mueller thing, goes anywhere? Oh, you did it good. And. Um, and I have to say, I don't see what, like, I I don't see that there's really any there based on the questions that he was. Re- well, what's results. so weird about the Mueller thing is that everything we're learning about it, and even though Mueller's team does not leak, Trump's team leaks a lot. So now we have these questions, mm-hmm. right? The forty nine questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a sense of what he might want to ask him. <sighs> And, and it just seems to constantly be re- revolving around information that is more or less already public. Yeah. We already it was know nothing new. a lot of we this. Were we all know expecting... that Manafort you right. know, was laundering money. We know that all kinds of financial improprieties and crimes. We know that the emoluments clause was probably um, 
uh, violated. We like all of this is, is stuff that journalists have been writing right. about for right. over a year now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think those of us who would like to see some kind of bombshell. Yeah. It's really hard to imagine you know, what that I, bombshell could be. As soon as I saw that Miller wasn't like going after his casinos for some like money laundering thing or Trump's as far casinos. As, we, as far as we know. No, but like that that was not, it sounds like. Those were not, not in the questions. Those but, were not his but, questions. But the only, the, the questions were the questions that they told Trump's right. team. So there could be another 49 right. questions so either, that we don't know about. So I'm sure there so are. So either Mueller has his, you know, like. It's all just a trap, and like they want to get him in the room, and then they want to be like, "Well, what about this?" And yes. like, and catch him. Well, in the they did say else. even with those questions that the follow-ups would be very but, tricky. So even if that's kind of his, I to me the fact that there's nothing there that makes the public go, "Oh my God!" Like right. they have. There was literally it. like one little thing where they asked a question about right. Manafort, and they were like, "Oh, nobody's asked that yet." But that and was the, one tiny little thing. And the, and the other thing I would say is that. And when I'm thinking about what Mueller, if he's in, in his role, like yeah. I, I would think he at this point thinks, all right, the FBI is in a lot of trouble. Like the FBI basically got involved in the last election in a very political way yes. with, with Comey and, um, and did, I think, the country a great disservice I by agree. interfering. Like, <laughs> we agree on that. Yeah, and I, I think either right or left, you probably would agree that, like, what the hell is Comey doing getting involved well, in yes, that? by only revealing the Hillary investigation, uh, not right. revealing the Trump-Russia two, investigation. And two weeks before the investigation, when it was election, really, yeah. election mm-hmm. when it was a Justice Department decision. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and, and so, and I think that if, you know, if Mueller gets to the end of this and says, like, I'm now tasked with the idea of, of trying to take down Trump, yeah. Right. Or Although I'm he's at, not an and, FBI guy anymore. Yes, but he represents the FBI. He was the FBI director for years. I know. It's funny to me because I don't see him, but I don't see him as, he's not acting now as an FBI guy. He's but acting in, now as an independent yeah, investigator. But, yes, but in the public eye, and I think of him absolutely as like, as a kind of like FBI guy. And I think... Um, in the public, I just don't see how the FBI's reputation now is resting on Mueller's. I guess we don't see eye to eye. I just that. think if you say, "Oh, here's the FBI. Here's what's happened." So now, let's say the FBI it, Mueller gets in there and he says, "Here's all this stuff that I think you should do, and it's nothing new, mm. but but it sounds like there was collusion, you know, and there was influence between the Russians." Or whatever. There was definitely obstru- and, obstruction. And, then, and you know, and then the country goes. To, and the Democrats win, and then they go through impeachment based on that. It's gonna look like, oh, great, the FBI went out and hmm. threw another, made another political, you know, upheaval. And I just think that if I were, what I think Mueller actually is really doing, because I, I thought he used to think the same as you, like, like he's gonna dig, he's gonna be like Pat Ken yeah. Star or Pat. He's Patricio. also, and he's also turning he, a lot of stuff over yeah, the Southern he, District you know, of New all York. All this stuff was all about him, like finding the truth, and he's gonna be like a dog with a bone, and he's gonna yeah. get to it. And I actually think now, no, like his, what he really, his goal is, is to like leave no stone unturned, but then like not get hmm, fascinating, not, have nothing happen. Um, and uh, because I think that the, the FBI is in a really precarious spot. Well, like if this all turns powerful. out to be, as the right likes to call it, a nothing burger. Yeah, I think it is a nothing burger. I am going to be exceedingly do you know where that, sad. Do you know where that comes from, the nothing burger thing? I really hope you're not going to tell me it's another disgusting no, it's sexual not. No, thing. it's not. No, it's not. You don't need to Google it. No, it actually came from this guy, that one of those guys who do the, um, the gotcha thing from the right wing caught the CNN yeah. the CNN anchor saying 
that Russia was a nothing burger. Oh. And so that's actually where that it's phrase came from. It's kind of a good, I kind of like it's it. Like, it's like it's a big nothing burger. And, and then, it's a good word. then the right seized on it being like, yeah, that was, those were your words. I like it. It's the implication is guy. like, you know, it's a burger. There's stuff on yeah, the other side, but there's it looks nothing delicious, in but the there's middle. Nothing, yeah. It's so good. So, um, Maybe so we that, should get some for lunch. That's my this. view that there's just no, there's not, this is not going anywhere. Well, um, the proof will be in the pudding, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, we can just guess, but it didn't feel that way. And What's then just were, weird to me is that everything that, that does leak out is stuff that we already know, more or less. Yeah. And or that actually, journalists have already uncovered. And the other thing I think, and I actually wound up not thinking this beginning, but I've changed my mind. Like, the whole, like, raiding Cohen's office over the Stormy Daniels oh. campaign yes. finance violation, <coughs> potential campaign violation, yeah. I think that that actually was an overreach to the FBI. Like, I don't think they'd have a right to just go in there and violate attorney-client privilege and, like, raid some lawyer's office instead of just deposing him or doing whatever when there wasn't really evidence of any kind of a crime there. Like, basically, Trump paid off, Trump paid off, uh, you know, a mistress, which is, which is not... Not right. illegal, it's except... Not illegal. except if it yes, but then they're making the argument that if it was a campaign it, it was, it was finance his, violation, it, it then it is money. very much illegal. And if it's his money, you can spend as much as you want on your own campaign. I guess yeah. you have to disclose it. But like, even if you disclose it, like that's like a you don't disclose it. That's like a fine. It's just right. so strange. And it's not even clear to me that the, if he's been doing that for <sighs> years, that that's actually part of his campaign, or like right. that's just his normal that's his life. course of business. That's his life. People off. Yeah. Yes, for sure, for sure. I don't know. I mean, we are living in a cloud of just such uh, a lack of integrity. You know, like the lying, the sexual escapades, the paying off, um, the people, just the the quality of the people that are surrounding Trump. Yeah. You know, Cohen, to call Cohen a lawyer is... Yeah, he went to the worst law school in the country. To call him a lawyer is really false because he might have those qualifications. The work he was doing for Trump... he's got a lot of ties to the ...was not attorney work. He was doing a different kind of work for him, which is, I think, part of the argument that they're making and why they can see this stuff. But it is very disconcerting to feel like there are all these paths that are that don't connect, right? Stormy Daniels does not connect to Russia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I actually think once, at all. Once what this... is the only connection is this idea of obstructing justice, yeah. which is constantly, constantly lying and breaking laws in order to cover up crimes. So in that sense, there is a connection, and I think they're going to try to make maybe some kind of argument that this is how this man has functioned over the course of his entire lifetime and career. Um, but it's it's hard to know what's I, gonna and and obviously even evangelical Christians in this country no longer care that he slept with and paid off a porn star. So where does that leave us? Uh, I I think it leaves us in the sense that like the country doesn't want to have another kind of investigation all come down to sex, right? Because because I think there's a view that everybody lies about sex and and yeah. and everybody sort of does at some level. Um, and uh, well, if there's one thing we know. As a country, we're pretty messed up when it comes to sex. <laughs> we are. We are. And maybe that's the problem is that everybody lies about sex, but we can't actually, people can't really have real conversations about what is and what isn't in their minds permissible or not. But yes, well, we I have think, this ridiculous, you know, dressing, this, this, this falseness of Trump being a family man, yeah. you know, and having a wife and a young child. And, and all of that is just so clearly... 
um, window dressing. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, well, although that makes it sound so nice. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, well, clearly that's right. And and you know and and also I think the whole conversations about sex we have, but like where half the internet is pornography, and like the, the conversations that go around about sex in that world are so far from like and what our children see and everything else are so far from like the conversations that we have like in the in supposedly in the real world right like it, it's just to me like what anyway once this thing started turning about porn, stormy daniels stormy daniels <laughs> and sex to yes. me it says that's and and they actually raided a lawyer's office for it it said to me like okay they just jumped the shark like yeah well they're also looking i mean they're looking at other things that cohen did for him right they're also looking at meetings well, that they had in russia and they're looking at money they laundering really stuff want. they want for them to be like oh i found well, so maybe we're just guns. not hearing about that because Mueller's team is actually disciplined and keeps that stuff to themselves yeah maybe but and I, like giuliani that's the, going that's on you know people's hope message. but i think to do it on the premise of 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 a sort of i paid off a minute you know this guy paid off his mistress and like that was your premise for actually raising. So sad because she wasn't even his mistress. She well, slept she with him was. one time. Yeah, and she didn't even want to. Well, she says it was her job. It's her job. It's it is not. No, with... no, 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 no. That is no. not her job. She's not a prostitute. There's a difference between a prostitute and a porn star. There I is. don't think there is. And I can't believe that I'm the one making that argument. I don't think there is. There's a hundred percent difference between a prostitute having, and a porn paid, star. What is the difference? The presence of a camera. Uh, so if I go to you're making a, a commodity if I versus to, versus no. selling your body. If I go to a prostitute and I say I'd like you to be a, or if I go to a porn star and I say I'd like to have sex with you and I'm going to have a camera in the room. Mm. I don't think they would say yes to that. They would say no. We need like a contract and a crew and we need yeah. certain working conditions and uh, I mean it's a fine line. It's not. Yeah. I mean, I that's think so that's why I think I that's why she said like I'm not really a victim here because she's like like yes I didn't no, the really. No, reason she said she wasn't a victim have, was because she went to his room, I'm just, I guess sort I'm of knowing saying, that I, he was going to want to have sex. She's done with her. a lot worse things professionally in her career, I think, than having sex. Well, with it was Donald a consensual Trump. encounter. So once you kind of cross that line with you know doing all kinds of things, like yeah. like to her, is it a big deal to have sex with Donald? Like, yeah, I don't want to in the sense that like he's gross. Yeah, he's gross, but. Trust me, Stormy Daniels has yeah. done a lot grosser things. Yeah. Although he did not pay her, right? In right. that moment. And she didn't want to get paid. She, Correct. She and then like, there was that other woman, Karen Douglas. Right. Who, also, who really like, did want to get no, paid. No, he offered her money and she was insulted. She's like, I'm not <laughs> she that kind of girl. did get paid. Though. I'm a Playboy bunny. I'm not dollars. the kind of girl Both that you pay. <laughs> right. They, she did get paid. Well, she got paid by American media or whatever that yeah, horrible Both of them organization probably, is. I mean, I think Stormy knew that, like, oh, that, like, I don't want to do this, but, like... I don't think so. It happened, like, eight years later that they paid her. But Right, but what... Yeah, but she put you put her marker down, and, and it paid off, like, you know... No, she she did it because he promised he, he her... Nothing, he did she wrong. did it because he promised her a job. He was oh, he like, did. I'm no, going to help you... And I think with Stormy Daniels, too, he said, you oh. know, I can help you out. I can help you. He dangled, like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, like nobody's ever... He dangled ever, all yeah. kinds of, you know, promotions and things in front of her. Right. I mean, God. And but these women fell for it. So you, you have a lot of sympathy. She's I actually do. For her. I do. I think I have sympathy for the role of women in the world. I think yeah. I have sympathy for the fact that women often feel that they have to use their sexuality in right. order to well, I, accomplish things. I agree. I agree that that the porn the porn star life is a very sad and exploited and uh, terrible and as well as being I think a playmate. Like I think that that Although if I had to choose, want, I I'd rather be a porn actress than a prostitute. I think you're the I think 
I'm the same. Yeah. No, I think, I, if I, I had think to choose that's between the two, I would definitely choose. I think that's a very thin line. Pornography over. I think especially today, it's a very thin line. Like porno- sure. Porno- well, there's all kinds of like amateur pay, like, stuff. Five hundred dollars sure. a shoot. And like, apparently, they none of them do it past the age of like thirty because they're all completely wrecked. But that's another issue. Yeah. Uh, okay, so where are we now? Let's. Well, see. I thought the last thing you sent me this really interesting article Which from one? the I believe it was from the London Review of Books. Oh yeah. Um, by an author whose name I'm going to totally mispronounce, but I think it's Amiya Srinivasan. Yeah, yeah, she was great. Um, And it was called, Is Anyone Entitled to Sex? Mm -hmm. Or something along those lines. And it was an article that's a little bit connected to what we've been talking about, Um, but it was an article kind of connecting all of these men, including the one in Toronto who mowed down pedestrians, the guy, Elliot Roger, in... Santa Barbara, right. who also killed a bunch of women, yep. um, and a couple of other cases where it's becoming clear that there are certain men, and they call themselves incels, incels, right. which stands for involuntary right. celibates. Right, they want to um, have sex, and nobody will have sex. With they them. are frust. They're a type that has existed for all of eternity, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. frust sexually for frustrated. For a lot of high school, I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> no, but that's not the type. They're yeah. sexually frustrated grown men. Yeah who develop a a strong hatred of and resentment towards women. Right. Uh, And in the cases of these particular men, this leads to murderous rage. Right. Well, I think it usually it starts with, if you look at this guy, Elliot Rogers, like he had a lot of antisocial behavior. He was... Oh, they're complete weirdos. All of these guys. He was a very creepy guy. And then he assumed that this was just because that women were evil and like... Right. were awful and evil. But the revelation to me... And by the way, they, they also... I mean, for both of these guys, like they both, I think, didn't just hate women. They also hated men. Like they hate they they people. They hate people. Interesting. But well, they, they hate they them feel, in different ways. Right. So they're they're they resent the men who are they're able to have misanthropes. Sex. Right. Yeah. Who but who target in their writing, and we know about their right. writing because they publish a lot of it online. Um, who target women and right. and basically say like, if only I could get laid, right, but, I wouldn't go out and murder all these people, right. Um, and it was an interesting article. It's so, actually very, it was a pretty academic yeah, piece. Yeah. So I'm not sure that I followed all the ins and outs of it. That part of my brain, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't always no, exercise I, so much anymore. I have to go back and read it, but I remember reading it and being like, oh, this seems really, what it did is it talked a little bit about, as I recall, like Catherine McKinnon and like early feminism. It talked about and, the politics of and, sexuality and, how, and, feminism. and how we started with this idea that, that all, you know, sort of consent, were, where they were talking about, well, sex is rape. And then they moved away from that, from that type of feminism towards this idea that it was, going to be about, it was going to be more about consent was the issue and not talking about like the, the inherent, you know, uh, inequality in the act right. of sex itself, which is what kind of where Catherine McKinnon was coming from. Right. And, um, and so, you know, and I thought that, that was one of the really interesting parts of the article was like, it just seemed like she had her, uh, facts really right about like how feminism has yeah, changed. I mean, it's a really interesting history and it's, you know, it's not like we've moved very clearly from one idea to the other because there have always been people on on all of these sides who continue to put forward their ideas. But we have this idea of like sex positive feminism. Right. We have the kind of anti pornography crusaders. Right. Um, and now you talk about slut shaming, which is like people are saying, no, you're allowed. You you should be entitled yeah. to to 
and you know, we were just defending porn stars here. <laughs> you and, were. No, no, actually, I, I was sticking up for I, them. I, I, think we, I mean, we should. It's a little like I, you know, like I think that prostitutes and porn stars are exploited. Like I think that they, those are. That, but you know what's terrible. amazing, Andrew, is there are a lot of people who would disagree with you on that. I am not one of them, but I have had arguments with people who say to me, "Well, I think there are." You know, all... you need to actually stand up for these women. They are working. They are earning money. Right. We should protect them. We should right. make their jobs legal. Um, I do. Th I agree with that too. I actually think that that. I don't know where I. Stand. I think that they right. Well, I mean, you can't have one without the other. I mean, you're not going to if you make it legal. Like it's not like sex trafficking is going to go away. You're still going to have people, you know, right. exploit women and like bring them into these these terrible situations. You know, they do this in Amsterdam. Like it's legal. Yeah. Prostitution yeah. is legal. Yeah, but, but there's still like all these sex East European crime rings who yes. bring in these women and they get stuck in these things. So women it's not, and children. And children. Yeah. But back so, to these incels. Yeah. To me, the surprising thing was discovering that there's a whole, like, on, I mean, sort of surprising, that there's a whole online world of these men. And well, it's very is, much connected in my mind to this idea of trolls who go on, you know, and attack any woman, any public figure um, who espouses feminist ideas. And they send her these messages, you know, that are horrifying about right. sexual violence and what kind of sexual violence she should be subjected to. To me, this all seems related, and it is all about misogyny, ultimately. Yeah. And it is the idea, and this is where the title of her article, which is so interesting, is like, is sex a right? And who has that guy, right? Did you read that Ross Duhat, the guy in the New York Times, also just wrote, wrote an article about this, about like... Um, and what did he have to say? I don't think I did read that. Well, I think he was talking about the same thing, which is to say, like, well, if you talk about um, making, like, income equality right like oh yes i did should you should you have the ability for everyone to be able to have you know sex and um and i think he was talking about like well with sex robots which was he saying like well should sex robots be something that we should encourage and allow so that other people <laughs> can have can I, I guess have sex and um but then of course everybody kind of misread it as like oh he's saying that women have to have sex with men and so um which is but, a big a big problem but i think you know i do think it's this sort of interesting question is to like that like i think we're at this this point in our society where we have so much you know and that like that this is our issue is that like people who feel like oh i don't i don't have these. i don't agree i think that this sexual consent right to sex issue is has permeated human culture for a long time yeah and i think every feminist movement starting with um I don't know, Lysistrata. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. We're gonna, we're, yeah. This has been a, a, this is the wrong expression, bone of contention between men and women for an awfully long time. Uh, and it has to do with, you know, it, there's so many issues that tie into this, it's almost mind boggling, but, you know, the idea of is this a power that women have that they somehow hold over yeah. men? You know, how does this affect the, the way that we deal with? Um, sexual harassment. How does it affect yeah. the way that we talk about rape victims? And I just read a whole book actually about rape, which was very, very disturbing, called A False Report. Um, and a big part of that is talking about the history of how we have um, prosecuted rape and how rape victims have been treated in in America in this particular book. Um, and just the the Actually, in England, it started with English law, which was this idea that the prevalent idea was that women make a lot of false reports of rape. Mm. And there's no evidence to back that up, but that has always been the historically accepted rule of law. Uh, 
Anyway, it, it goes on and on. And these incels, these men, yeah. um, well, I mean, are just I think another what we iteration say, of the same problem. The, the thing I think about the incels is like, yes, there are Nazis. Yes, there are incels. Yes, there are got people, a lot of people who think that dressing up as a furry animal is, is sexually well, that's exciting. that's weird. I would not put them in the same category. I do, I, in the sense that like there's all of these sort of things that people who have these inclinations are on the internet. Yeah, and but incel they, is they not never, they, they were never able to find each other before. Okay, yes. And now okay, they fine. found each other right. because the internet connected everybody. And they and so each now other you can have friends. Now you can have 300 Nazis like look like a group and yeah. all show up in North Carolina because they came from the entire country. Right. And they all showed up. Right, that's and, an interesting And point. you can have the same thing with these incels. Like, yes, there are these people and they all find each other because they put it into Google and they, show, you know, right. they found each other. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's new that or yeah that's a statistically relevant part of the population those people always existed no just although never... it is statistically relevant to the people who were killed by these men of course and and <laughs> when they get together i think then you know then they start saying like oh elliot rogers is my hero right. and like then i'm gonna go do the same thing and so yeah. there is this where they radicalize yes and so i think that is right it's like any radical group it's it, like isis right. uh which is a, a very similar thing you right. know we have these people finding each other right. and, and their ideologies so, become inflamed so i i think it's so like that and i think you know but i think it's at the same time, I think it's going to be very, very small in the sense that, like, that this is it's, it's an interesting and disturbing side effect of a lot of things that are happening in the media, but yeah. it's not a big thing. Yeah. I think actually that the Jordan Peterson stuff, the men's rights stuff, is a big thing. Mm. And actually, maybe we can talk about that next week. Yeah, let's I, do it. I really find him interesting. I'll have but, to do a little research. Yeah, he's got the number one book right now called 12 Rules for Life. Right. Let's talk on about the it next New time. York Times bestselling list. But that was episode 15. I hope you found it interesting. I'm sure you have questions, thoughts, comments, criticisms. Share them with us. Share them with us and be part of our community, as it were. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.